my name's Phil First. I'm the CEO, um, Chief Analyst at HFS Research. And um, I'm joined by uh, Fani, who's a senior leader at uh, IOPEX. And um, I'd like Fani to tell us a bit more about himself and IOPEX and what it is that you guys do. Because I know IOPEX is known in the uh, automation and AI space pretty well, but maybe in the broader context, it'd be good to hear a bit more from, from you, Fani. So welcome. Absolutely, Phil. Um, it's a pleasure to join you today. Um, just a brief introduction. Uh, like I said, I manage what we call as the strategy and insights function at IOPEX. This is sort of our sort of sweet word for um, what is generally probably considered consulting, but we kind of pride ourselves in running much shorter and much more integrated cycles. Um, in some ways, aligned to the one office theme that, that you strongly put forward. A um, little bit of uh, background of me, I used to work with other global SIs in the last couple of plus decades, uh, run a number of functions in delivery, sales, solution selling, consulting um, previously and also now. Most of uh, what I used to do generally tended to be gravitating towards um, engaging with tech customers. These are typically telecoms, OEMs or hyperscalers. So, kind of come come with that mix and hence all of the interest in solutioning and consulting over the last couple of years or so. Now, IOPEX, um, like, like you rightly said, uh, Phil, we do a number of things, but I kind of wanted to give a sense of what we are, where we are headed, and, and what do we do sort of differently. Um, number one, I think, is overall we are identifying ourselves primarily as an experience engineering company so the so the notion is that we sit on top of all of the business process knowledge that we have accumulated over the years but the, but the point then is how do you kind of abstract this business process expertise into into things that are done much more smartly through automation through workflow services through re-architecture and then what's the end goal of all of this? Essentially getting into experience for customers, for partners, for stakeholders in general. So I think that notion of curating the experience and outcomes for businesses that we work with, that's primarily what we do. And within that, my function is sort of really the top of the pyramid function. We tend to get excited about things that are about meaningfully identifying signals from noise uh, in a number of process areas. And essentially also identifying those problems, prioritizing those problems, putting together meaningful solution maps, solution architectures, and solutions to it. Um, but like I said, the drivers overall tend to be in the realm of transformation about efficiency and growth. But we tend to pivot efficiency and growth into experience because ultimately ef efficiency and growth are still sort of mechanisms to, to achieve an end. And that end in our perspective is really the experience of employees experience of customers and then the ecosystem ecosystem in general so that's that's what we do as a company and what my team does um, I'm happy to be in the conversation with you today <laughs> it's great to have you in the conversation so um, let's talk a bit about um, what's going to happen this year um, you know we've been talking a lot about the autonomous enterprise and and the uh, painful journey towards it over the last decade I think we introduced RPA 10 years ago and and our research shows that close to 70% of industry still confesses they're in the beginner stages of figuring this out. Um, but one of the things that we've looked at, uh, and we, we define these six principles of, of the autonomous enterprise, is leadership need to understand um, you know, the data they need 
to be successful with an enterprise. Otherwise, what are you doing, right? Everybody needs data, everybody needs it quickly, and they need it rapidly. Um, they've got to have teams who know not just the processes, but also the interactions that their systems are having, that people are having in digital detail and have a continuously updated audit trail of these interactions and processes. And then they've got to have the right infrastructure in place that can break down these silos of data right across their enterprise and their ecosystem. So these are the first three things that we feel have to be in place before we can even get to um, what we're calling a robust and scalable automation capability that is trusted both internally and externally. So how does a, how does a company like IOPEX really help um, get a company to this place and then beyond that into AI and having a real governance capability to be effective? Absolutely. Phil, if, if I may take a little bit liberty in answering that question a little bit in an abstract manner to begin with, and I'll, and I'll sort of directly get to, the, get to the question that you asked. I think in general, my opinion about not just how enterprises function, but, but if I take a little bit of liberty and extend that to how human experience works in general, I think there is always that beautiful dance between uh, vertical disruption, um, and it, it can it can mean any it can be any any type of manifestation. I mean, you can go back and and use the often uh, used connotation of uh, invention of fire, invention of wheel. So these are vertical disruptions that keep happening in a fairly uh, rhythmic manner. And then there is the application of the vertical disruptions that is that is sort of horizontally spreading across multiple implementations or, or manifestations of it. I think you, uh, fundamentally, if you kind of reflect on it, it's also about, um, for humans in general, it's it's all about this the seeking that they have for a lot of people that manifests into spirituality, meditation, and other things. There is the um, sort of dance with the scientific endeavor that that mixes with it. But the, the notion is, over a period of time, the vertical disruptions and the horizontal applications need to kind of go hand in hand. Otherwise, in general, there is there is imbalance of sorts. Um, again, going back to, to going back to that example, notions of human existence um, they can become dogmas if if they if they don't have the right level of um, balance between both. Similarly, the, the theoretical physics doesn't exist in isolation unless you couple that with experimental physics. So moving from, from that backdrop to, to what you asked, Phil, I think uh, each of these interventions or inventions or disruptions that are happening, I think the right. pace of those cycles between the vertical disruption and the horizontal applicability of that disruption is what is really energizing for us. So I think if you look at it at, at this point in time, about four or five years back when I was engaging with uh, Microsoft as a company, as a supplier, that was probably the first time I heard anything about the notion of citizen application development or democratization of, of IT or democratization of, of applications. Now, at that time, it seemed a little bit of, um, um, wow, this is, this is how it needs to be, but also are we kind of ready for it? I think each of the uh, interventions, disruptions that we're seeing in the last uh, couple of years and more recently in the last one year or so, I think furthers that concept of somebody creating a vertical disruption, but the ecosystem kind of coming together and creating the applicability of all of that. So from an IOPEC standpoint, Phil, I think the, the way that we work sort of in sync with the industry, but also a little bit different from, from our peers is 
we don't necessarily identify ourselves as a systems integrator. We look at ourselves being much more of an experience integrator. And so what that means for us is, while there are a number of players that are going and potentially building big rocks in an organization, ERP systems, CRM systems, and so on, our role that we identify for ourselves is really how do you connect the dots between all of this into a, into a meaningful experience for whichever stakeholder that, that process is for. And so that for us translates into building a lot of automation interventions, building a lot of workflow interventions um, beyond 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 automation, and and the level of um, sort of newer technologies that are coming. I think if you look at both the um, existence of ChatGPT and the general hype around it, but also equally uh, what, what Microsoft and the other players are bringing to the market in terms of Copilot. I think the mix of both this is again to me a fundamental disruption. The, the question for for both system integrators and experience integrators such as ourselves is how do we leverage that into real world use cases and bring that to applications? So I think that's where we are hyper focused on utilizing some of this. Um, and I think the what you kind of opened this with about the autonomous um, enterprise field for us the notion really is that again is a is is a vertical manifestation of your previous sort of um, uh, principle of one office. Um, in some sense, the one office concept is probably going to get a lot more actualized with what you're now putting towards um, as the autonomous ecosystem. And I think yeah. it's we are building on, on layers of abstraction, but I think it is bringing the velocity that the industry very well needs. Right, right, yes. Um, and, uh, you know, but did the pandemic and what's happened since pandemic, has that changed thinking within clients, do you think, within the, within the customers in terms of, like if you're a CIO or, or an ops leader now, you've got to be able to drive an automation AI initiative. Do you see companies really changing at this point or do you think it's still a big struggle to, to get them moving um, and, and moving forward more aggressively with this autonomous approach? I think it is fundamentally a combination of things that are coming to play. Um, and I think, in my opinion, um, Phil, I think every change is a good change. It, it just uh, it just is, is an element of what we make out of it. There are obviously external factors such as the pandemic and everything that, that tends to kind of put a spoke in the wheel and, and spoil the show. But I think all of these um, issues that happen time to time are also opportunities if you look at it from a different different lens. And I want to kind of answer what you asked in terms of your fourth pillar, which is your trusted and scalable automation capability. So that 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 notion of trust, uh, Phil, I want to kind of dwell on that a little bit on what it what what happened during pandemic and what we are seeing in our customer base. Um, before pandemic, I think, actually, I, I want to rewind a little bit more. If you can kind of go back to maybe 2012, when I believe your team first coined the term RPA, and I think the industry picked it up quite well. The notion of automation really back then was either PowerShell, PowerScript-based automation, or in many ways, Selenium on steroids, people just used uh, QA automation tools, repurposed them for other purposes and everything at that time. But I think the in the last five years or so, we have seen most of the orchestration platforms coming together to, to kind of tie that dream of automation into something that is meaningful. So we are not really doing uh, doing point specific automation, but but we are doing a much more cohesive integrated automation that is actually useful. So that's one one thing that we have seen 
even before pandemic started. What what started also happening is um, I want to say about five six years back. Well, I want to give you an example. We were working on on a project where we were trying to read um, purchase orders coming in from B two B partners into into an OEM, and and the challenge there was um, the formats were not locked. We you really had any number of incoming formats that you had to process and everything. And while there was a lot of interest enthusiasm in using AI and ML for problem statements of that nature, the maximum accuracy that we could achieve after quite a bit of uh, interesting work was not beyond 25 to 30% maximum. Now, the same scenario now with the tech coming through, and I think this is a parallel development to the same pandemic timelines, is that we are able to achieve a much higher level of accuracy in the outcomes as well. So what this has meant, this is the second dimension. First is the RPA, second is the AML. The third part is, um, this notion of, in general, um, uh, in the last decade, I think a lot of enterprises invested beautifully in, in moving to the cloud, um, in extensive data estates, in whatever form or fashion they exist. Not all the time uh, one could create a traceability between, hey, why are you investing in this data lake? Are you really using it? What percentage of utilization do you have from from the data that you've already using? Are you harvesting in the right manner? So irrespective of those questions, I think data estates have become larger. Uh, the consumption of data has become much more easy because of the widespread implementation of cloud. Now, if you kind of mix the notion of automation, notion of newer technologies and notion of general availability of systems to kind of play around with and do cool things, um, I think the level of trust on interventions or solutions have increased phenomenally. So if you, if you, if you look at pre-pandemic time, a lot of ops leaders would, would take a general interest in automation, general interest in tooling um, beyond what they do for service management and, and operations management. But I think that has become a lot more real for us. And the curation of that experience in terms of are we investing on the right use cases? Are we seeing the right ROI? During the pandemic, we have silently but surely seen a lot, lot more uh, powerful um, validation ROI of the several automation interventions that we've done. So I, th I feel we are at, at that cusp of potentially this becoming a much more explosive outcome for all operations processes within companies. But I, but I think if nothing, the pandemic also has put a lot lot more pressure on the need for that change to happen much more faster. But I think the the, the tooling and the ecosystem in general has also scaled up silently but surely within the same time frame. I'm sorry, that's a bit of a long-winded long long answer, but I thought that's, that's, that, that's how I see it, essentially. Yeah, no, I, th I think you took us through the journey quite, quite effectively. Um, so what's next in this space? Because I think, you know, um, when I look at AI, it's about how can, how can you generate um, patterns from data? How can you have machines start to help make decisions that humans would make? Um, how can you really leverage it to um, have systems run much more autonomously? How do you take humans out of loops where you don't really need humans anymore? How do you see that evolving? Because I, I see automation and AI really coming together now uh, as one construct and, and one attitude on how to run a business. Um, but how do you look at it um, as you look down the road with AI adoption and, and, and taking humans out of these loops uh, how do you see that evolving? Is it going to accelerate, do you think, now? Or, or do you think it's still going to be a, a, a sort of a slow treadmill like we've been through for the last decade? Um, maybe three or four 
elements to that question, Phil. Number one is going back to what I was saying earlier about layers of abstraction and, and leveraging those layers of abstraction. What has become very evident with both things like chat GPT and, and also um, Microsoft Copilot and other uh, generative AI tools essentially is two things. Number one, we have, we have now got that ability to kind of build on layers of abstraction that we can rely on. Earlier, you could do that, a uh, lot of experimentation involved, longer cycle times, but now the confidence of using something of these types of interventions in a much more effective way, in a much more agile way, in a much more uh, um, sort of uh, collapsed timelines, I think that has fundamentally changed, number one. And, and I think uh, it's, I, I would kind of, uh, uh, react to what you what you just said in terms of where are we in that journey. Uh, number one, I think we are seeing a lot of real world use cases that are already being identified. In fact, um, within our organization, there are teams that are tinkering around and playing extensively on. For example, if you take chat GPT uh, specifically, um, there are teams that are very actively interested and in working on the whole no notion of knowledge management in an enterprise. Um, if, you if you take the domain of either a customer service or customer success, uh, for those set of use cases, as opposed to smarter search engine, some level of conversational AI, how are you kind of short-circuiting? A, a typical conversational AI rollout fill for us would be start with an, an AI agent that is giving you sort of a question-answer response, get to a second level of maturity where you're giving threaded responses to a particular topic and handing off to an agent, for example, if it's a customer success conversation or a customer service conversation, and then going down to FAQs and subsequently to knowledge articles. Now, what the newer tooling has potentially brought to the table is cutting down those layers and 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 potentially getting, getting to, to an intelligent answer much more faster. And we feel um, there is a real, real um, promise of potentially transforming everything that everybody does in the customer service space, specifically on, on how do you kind of, and this can be product support, this can be process support, but I think it's much more tuned to product support kind of scenarios where you will have a large core corpus of knowledge within the organization. It is kind of being leveraged in, in multitude domains, but can you effectively harvest that knowledge, um, not kind of keep humans in the loop to kind of do the curation manually, but kind of kind of, kind of, kind of rely on uh, human just kind of sort of curating the engine, not the responses particularly, and then <laughs> doing something bigger. I think so that, that's one dimension to, to what you said. The second one that I see, uh, Phil, is, is in this whole notion of citizen application development. And I, and I think I have an opinion on it. And I see interesting things happening in that space. And I also strongly feel that organizations cannot be successful in the future without actively encouraging lines of business teams to, to get involved in, in developing applications themselves and a lightweight applications, workflow applications and such. And in that realm, I think the uh, view that we have is, for example, IOPEX as a company, where do we play a role in, in citizen application development, for example? We kind of see our role as, as a player that is potentially providing sort of two bookends, um, sitting on a shelf. The shelf is really the platform where technology providers like ServiceNow, Salesforce, Microsoft, Google, all the hyperscalers, um, all of you and UiPath and other automation platforms come to play. The bookends is really how do you curate that experience to begin with in the sense of, 
can you identify the right use case? Can you kind of design it well? Um, can you make sure that the adoption is thought of first before you start getting into implementation? Are you kind of bringing stakeholders and actors together into kind of agreeing on on what is the transformation that they're expecting out of an intervention and so on? So, the, so that portion, I think, is still heavily human intensive. And I think the, the notion of simplifying some of the development activities is only helping us focus more on the more important experience and consumption of what we are trying to build. So I think that's one role that players like us kind of heavily are invested in. The second one yeah. is really the, the, the governance, I think, which is probably your sixth tower on how do you kind that's of curate correct. this experience, make sure um, how this works well, because essentially we've seen examples of 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 automation done wrong. We have seen examples of that initial hype of citizen app development kind of fall flat pretty fast because we see a lot of individuals pick up things for development, um, very little attention paid to security, reusability, refactoring, reharvesting, and so on. And when that happens, I think um, the initial hype cycle kind of comes to a, comes to a fall pretty soon. And we see our roles in curating that experience also. So providing the guardrails, providing the trust, providing help in terms of security, and, and more fundamentally providing training and creating that ecosystem for, for things to develop faster. So I think those are the two or three layers where we see what is going to happen maybe in the next year or two. I think it'll be pretty arrogant for anybody to kind of say, I know exactly what's happening in the next couple of years. But I think this is the general direction of what we see as a company about how the industry is evolving. Right. Yeah, definitely with you on the governance side. And, you know, I think people involved across all key decision touch points, ensuring the effectiveness is, is so important. And I um, mean, this creates, um, I think, real exciting opportunities for people to unleash their creativity, uh, their high touch with clients, uh, leverage data, make decisions faster and, and that sort of thing. So I mean, we really see this as an attitudinal cultural shift for businesses more than anything else. Yeah. Um, so this has been fantastic, Fanny. I think, I think you've really explained a lot about IOPEX and, and the sophistication of experience around the automation AI cycle that you can deliver. And I, I look forward to sharing this with uh, everybody on our network at HFS. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time.